It's the Sod Pod. Brought to you by Grassland Agro. The Sod Pod. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Sod Pod. On this episode we're going to cover clover. Uh, some of the short and long term solutions for reducing nitrogen applications. Look, we're a fertilizer company first and foremost, but why are we advocating clover? Yeah, it's a really good question, uh, James. A really legitimate question because people would assume that because we're a fertilizer company, we want to sell more fertilizer and obviously clover has the potential to displace that. But I suppose from our point of view, sustainability is very important to everything we do as a business. And secondly, a massive part of our business is driven by the derogation. The derogation allows us to, to sell fertilizers to intensively stock farmers which is really important aspect to our business there's going to be more farmers moving into derogation to allow them to keep the higher stocking rates um, but what we can compromise on is water quality so actually getting our soils right is really important and and delivering solutions suitable for clover and grass clover swords is really important as well and we have to adapt our fertilizer solutions to the new agronomy methods that we're going to see over the next couple of years but I suppose even before we get on to that, actually figuring out what paddocks are suitable for clover is a, a, a big task in itself. So Dave, you might go through what, what we need to look out for. Yeah, what paddocks are suitable or what proportions of farm are suitable, John, is, is key. Clover is very sensitive to soil fertility. pH is, is a massive one. There's three aspects, I suppose, that, that we'd be looking at before we'd, we'd ever think about putting in clover. And it's something we need, really need to plan ahead. You can't just decide today that you're going to put in clover tomorrow. We need to sit down and, and, and look at what is suitable. Um, look at our soil fertility report. And I said, there's, there's three things. A massive one is, is pH. And often we put pH under soil fertility, but I'd argue that it's, it's an aspect in itself. For the nodulation of, of that clover plant, but also the rhizobia, trying to get them fixed in nitrogen. You think of rhizobia, they're bacteria, and, and we talk about bacteria a lot, and we've talked about it on the, on the podcast here before. They're very, very sensitive to pH. It's having a massive impact, and we're, and we're trying to get the pH right in the soil, get it to 6.5 in, in order to drive on the biological activity. And it's the same thing with the rhizobia. P is another one, P and K, and, and having them at optimum levels in index 3. But even at an index 3, we still need to put in P's and K's in order to maintain and, and establish that clover plant and that clover seed. P, even at oversowing or, or seeding, is, is, a, is a major one in order to develop that nodule, that stolon and also persist and K is, is a big one in for persistency so look I suppose James asked the question there John about suppose, why are we advocate clover why are we trying to push clover major pressure coming around um, nitrogen and, and its use and we have to I suppose reduce that but we have technologies there that are going to help drive on the persistency of clover new technologies coming down the line and we'll, we'll cover we'll cover that maybe later on in, in, in this episode but yeah Sean um like the just even on the on the persistency of clover, it's a it's a major major factor on farm. Yeah, persistency. It's 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 got to do with soil fertility, as you covered there, David. But it's a lot of it has just got to do with management. It's the same as anything. It's the same as you could be a fullback by nature, but you can be a bad fullback or a good fullback. Uh, John would be a, would see himself as a corner forward. Now he'd probably a, a good corner forward. But Nippy corner forward. The legs are gone. <laughs> Straight into the red basket. <laughs> He wouldn't be able to move for 
whenever whenever I get a chance to get out on farms, I try and especially farms that have tucked the jump and have incorporated clover into their farming system. In the last couple of years, I try and see um, what are the main benefits of it. And farmers are coming back and they're saying uh, what the research is saying, that the, the cows are eating more, they're producing more milk solids. The average yield of the farm is increasing. So there's a lot of benefits. On the fertiliser side, there's, there's obviously it's fixing nitrogen from the atmosphere. So that's a big uh, economical benefit and incentive as well. And that's the way policies go when you talked about the derogation there uh, earlier, John. Farmers that are in derogation now and that are reseeding have to incorporate clover into their into their seed mixture. So policies going that way, farmers are going that way. Probably not enough farmers going, but as you says, Davy, it's really really important to sit down and plan where you're going to put it because we just can't wake up on a Monday morning and say we're going to over sow fifty percent of the farm with clover. That's really not going to work, John. And how we're going to put it in, John? That's a it's very timely at the moment. Is it going to be a reseed or is it going to be an oversow? And the reseeding seems to be fairly straightforward. Like and like you said, they need to include at least a kilo or a kilo and a half for the derogation and reseeding. But I suppose really oversown is probably what people are focusing their mind on this year now because of the fact that nitrogen is so dear. But when you when you think of what we've talked about so far, lads, I suppose we're talking about lime. Dave, you talked about lime, and it took you three minutes to get phosphorus into the <laughs> into <laughs> into the sod pod as well, <laughs> uh, which was your specialist subject, as we all know. We talk about lime, we talk about clover. There's nothing new about these. The the foundations, the backbone of Irish grassland. And now we're suddenly assuming that they're new technologies. All the research has been done already. You know, the new work that's going on is just re-emphasizing what's been there already. And I, and I suppose we need to really understand that there's nothing to fear with clover. Maybe three or four years ago, we viewed clover as a weed, which is madness now when you think about we're putting so much emphasis on trying to get it back into our swords. So I suppose for me, what we need to think about when we're trying to oversaw it is not trying to do too much. So not trying to do the whole farm. Your side test is critically important. You're wasting your time trying to think you're going to establish it on index ones and twos. You know, it has to be high index trees, I would argue. It's, it's not a crop that we can just treat as grass. You know, and that's really important. We have the luxury in grassland that, you know, if you're bad at soil fertility you would still grow a bit of grass. But if you look at the tillage guys or the, the lads in horticulture, if they get it wrong, they're goosed. You know, and that's the way we need to start thinking as grassland farmers about soils in relation to, I suppose, number one, establishing it and then maintaining clover. We have to think about the soil test, number one. We have to think about, you know, maybe what the ground is like as well because we don't want to be putting it on heavy sides. It's more sensitive to poaching. It's going to be quite open in spring, which is obviously a challenge. So what I would foresee in the road of clover going forward is that maybe we'll have 30, 40 or 50% of the farm that's going to have a high clover content. So you're still going to have your swords that you can get out in springtime that are going to give you that early growth. But... We can use more of the farm then mid-season to displace chemical nitrogen. From our point of view, from the sod pod point of view, in relation to soils, like pH, crucially important for bacteria. This is a biological process. Phosphorus, key for nodules. Potash, key for stolons. But as well as that, there's a couple of things that we never talk about. We talk about the nitrogen fixation from the atmosphere sulfur is critically important we need to keep sulfur out during the year and another one that probably doesn't get enough airtime is boron so we only think that boron is required when we're sowing beet that's all 
we know that always when we take a soil test before a crop of beet, we generally have low levels of boron. And clover, white clover, is sensitive to boron, so it's something we need to think about, Johnny. So, John, if we're over sowing, now is the best time to be doing it? late spring early summer ideally when there's some moisture there if it's too dry the seed w- won't germinate down through the soil so we need a bit of moisture there if we can broadcast it with a fertilizer spreader so ideally we mix maybe a, a p and k compound in with the the seed in the field and not in the yard because if you think of it clover, clover seed is very small and very light so it can if there's a couple of bumps in the road or even the journey and the, the, the spreader swaying back and forward but even even reducing the the boat weight trying to reduce it John because you said it's a smaller seed and it doesn't travel as well Yeah, just even keeping that in mind yeah 100% so uh, ideally do an acre or two at a time don't fill the fertiliser spreader up with, with P and K and clover seed a couple of acres at a time mix the seed and the, and the fertiliser in the in the field and, and avoid um, check the weather forecast and, and, and conditions way. have been very good Sean this spring um, graze outs have been exceptional to be fair earlier on in the year the, the utilisation of grass was savage so swards are open and it's a great opportunity there to over sow clover this, this year more so than ever because of how open a sward is but the, but the other thing is, is even on existing clover swards I suppose one big problem is native clover it does fix some amount of nitrogen but it's, it, it's not as efficient as those varieties that have been recommended uh, so just keeping that in mind When I picture clover Davy, in the Irish context I see fields of white clover mm. there's other alternatives out there as well I'd often hear you talk about red clover Yeah there is of course James red clover is, is uh, a, a lot of talk about it I suppose we were over in France there in early April there we walked a farm in France that had, had put in different types of legumes, red clover being one of them, and serious establishment uh, with that red clover, and, and just goes and, and does it. Um, had, had lucerne in as well, different types of ryegrass, but just went and done it. Soil fertility was good, so there was no issue. There was no question about it. Just put it in. It established perfect, and I think there's, there's a lot, too much thought nearly goes into it um, here in Ireland, or, or in an Irish context. As, as Sean said, if the moisture is there, conditions are right soil fertility is right it's going to establish no problem but the big benefit with with red clover john is that you can cut out your nitrogen um completely from get-go so after that establishment you, you put in a bit of nitrogen to establish that red clover and after that then you can you can cut out yeah that's important because in the white clover gym when you're trying to establish it into an existing sward you have to keep continue with nitrogen in the first year as the plant develops and then in the second year you can reduce your nitrogen inputs whereas red clover you can get hit the ground running just going back to the white clover and the oversown though it's very important when you're actually buying your seed that a lot of the seed is coated and if you think that you're applying two kilos that you mightn't necessarily be because there's a coating on it as well and really that two kilos that was recommended is probably three in practical sense or maybe three and a half kilos to get enough of an establishment with the white. And it's really important then as well, I suppose, to think about how you're going to spread it. Even a, a quad spinner or something like that is very handy. And there's something that worked very well is spreading it in front of the cows and they might trample it in a bit. And if you had watery slurry then as well, it'd be ideal. Get a bit of contact, yeah. Call, you could call David in and, and he could take the roller in and, and make sure it gets a really good seed to soil contact. It's down the river. I'll walk, <laughs> I'll only walk it in myself, Sean, before I bring in the roller. I know, <laughs> yeah, definitely not. No, to be fair. have enough weight anyways. <laughs> there is, we, have to go, we, we have to go swimming in the bottom of the, 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 bottom, the, of, the bottom of the Fergus. No, but look, I, I wouldn't be uh, a big fan of the roller, but there obviously is a place for a roller 
bowler and there is a place um, when when you are trying to get seed to soil contact and if it's if it's oversown or, or if it, if it is a new reseed. But John, you you just mentioned a point there and just about buying that clover seed. Laughing, laughing, yeah, no laughing there. Give him a shout out. But uh, no, just just on the buying the clover seed, John. And it was actually Ellen Fitzpatrick. Um, she she's doing a bit of research there in, in Chagask um, on clover and that. And she made a great point. And it's just it's a very practical point. Is when you are buying seed to buy your herbicide with the seed. So when it comes to that five six week period, and and you're trying to to spray your weeds. Um, your post-emergent spray that you're not looking for it that you go out and walk your field at, at five weeks and you say oh feck I need to put out herbicide there tomorrow the docks are they're ready for a spray so buy it with the seed so you have it there um, ready to go whenever you need it and and that's a, a big point and I know there's a bit of pressure there around around herbicides and that um, I know 2,4-DB there's two products there Clover Max and TB Plus I know they were, they were available next year and I think they've got the derogation there this year for the Clover Safe spray but it's just it's a big point but but even on the post-emergence I suppose a rule of thumb there is is the 2 euro kind if your docks are the size of a 2 euro kind so John O'Loughlin mightn't be the man to ask about that there because he only deals in crisp 50s yeah. so um, he still keeps it in the pocket we don't see too much oh, no, 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 there's a couple of lads about missing now when we're over in France there in the evenings so said, um, to Orange Creek to go to the bar counter but anyways we won't, we won't tell any war stories from, from that trip great point though on the on the sprays and it's really important that i suppose we realize that we have to be getting in earlier with the clovers uh safe sprays like you know because mm-hmm. they don't have the same load so the load is probably the the bang that you're going to get best described as the bang that you're going to get out of the herbicide so we have to go in much earlier and we have to have the confidence to go in as well so that we can control it but another key part even when you're looking at establishing clover into your swords you need to get your dock control done in advance so yeah. your your weed control your side fertility needs to be improved that's criti- critically important but before we finish up in the white clover there's another method that we can do we can also stitch it in just a couple of things to note whenever we're stitching in clover we need to uh, ideally go in after the cows have, have grazed it out I- ideally a residue of less than four centimetres we're avoiding those high residues we want to get good seed to soil contact and rather than going maybe with two or two and a half thousand gallons of tick slurry after it maybe watery slurry would probably be better so that's another way management is key as we said stitch it in or we can um, over sow it but the management will part from along with side fertility and we need to manage it like a like a reseed too yeah. Sean like we, we, we need to be grazing them at those 11 1200s not, let, not letting it go too strong consistently as well it's not yeah. just graving it once at 1100 and that's why you can't bite off more than you can chew so you can only do a certain amount and like you what you need to be looking at is side fertility is it dirty paddock in relation to weeds and then the management thereafter is really important and making sure that we have enough moisture so it's really april you want to have your most success in late April maybe mid late April this time of the year most important to get it done there's no point trying to do it in June July just anecdotally lads as well one thing I've seen with a couple of farmers who've done it there's a audio garment down in, in Waterford he did it and he managed it correctly and maybe he he wasn't as happy that he had got as much of a strike but in the subsequent year it was actually there as well you know and we we possibly even need to be thinking about going with two rounds 
of over someone like so do year one and then do year two to try and get up and running but so say John right we oversaw it or can incorporate into the sward at the end of April we're trying to come in and graze it between a thousand and twelve hundred for the first couple of rotations you talked about not being able to reduce the fertiliser application too much in that first year of establishment what are you talking what should we be going out year one and then what potentially can we reduce it down to year two yeah it was like Anton you're establishing another crop so like you have to draw the parallels from a reseed you know and and that's why we have developed the clover product so that it's able to supply phosphorus potassium sulfur sodium and boron you know so that's really important that we've looked at all the existing research because it's all there already Dave there's nothing new even though like I would be hoping that there'll be a bit of work done to include it in relation to P's and K's uh, and trace elements in the green book as treating grass and the white clover sward together because there is an, a lot of literature there already that would point that all these key nutrients are really important and maybe that could be updated in line because and, and even the nitrogen recommendations are a bit hit and miss because when you look at the green book it says don't spread any nitrogen yeah. and you look at maybe the practice that they're implying in the research trials in Park and they're applying uh, low rates through the year and that's what we've gone for as well with our product that there would be some nitrogen in it to keep the, the grass going On that as well John just I suppose what they're doing in Park, John is, is going every every round with 7 units of nitrogen I know last year they, they tried to go every second round with 14 units and it didn't seem to work that well just because of, of the grass and grass gets dimmy and the quality goes out of it but the, the reason and the biggest reason they've done it is because if you go with say a protected urea product it's very hard to put out seven units of nitrogen in a, in a round it's next to impossible really so I suppose that's the thing with the grass and agro clover product is that it, it'll be balanced for a, a clover sward yeah absolutely the practicalities have to come into it because like sure trying to spread seven units is nigh on impossible like, do you know so it is a, a challenge and even the portfolio of nutrients that we're applying probably isn't suitable because um, we've looked at all these and included a lot of phosphorus and, and potash just on the red clover then, we, we, we touched on it earlier, but we didn't really get into it. Red clover, visually, it's more upright. It needs less nitrogen, as we said. It, it still needs good soil pH, P's and K's. needs a lot of P and K because it can yield probably between 12 and 16 tonnes a year. It's mostly in silage sward, so it's not really on a grazing scenario. And it's it's a higher quality than your, your normal perennial ryegrass sward for silage. Isn't that right, John? Absolutely. like, And it's something that we were struggling with big time, Sean, is actually imported protein and our reliance on soya. You know, much as we, we, we try and ignore supplying protein during the housing period, you know, because grass silage just doesn't have enough protein. And listen, we can make improvements on that and we need to treat grass silage as a protein crop too. But in order to get those big high figures to, you know, 16, 17% crude protein, we can look at grass red clover lays. Obviously, we need to include four kilos of red clover for it to have enough of an impact. But uh, really, really promising. And I suppose we've seen a lot of that over in France as well on our trip. We got the, the sushi there one day and we headed out and the day was running for the ditches there. We didn't know what, what was after putting such a panic on him. But the pressure, the, the impression that I got from the France farmers is that they had their soil fertility right. They had invested and got it to the stage where it's suitable. And they just took the punt and they went with it. And they knew what they were at and it's working for them. Oh yeah, it works perfect. And we were in Brittany as well. like So it's very similar climate. Very but, similar condition. Well, I think it when wasn't we, by any means... Uh, a nice day over there when we were oh, on that farm. Oh, yeah, we were we were, we we sounded were like two boys hunched over behind me. <laughs> Dave, I, was like, I was like a game in wall. <laughs> Good shelter behind you, Dave. In fairness, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, the, the weather was absolutely catmelodge, and we were over there. We couldn't believe it. There was a rain there that uh, actually be stinging your face. 
even go into the social media and we'll throw up a few pictures there of, of those farms and have a look at the, the clover that, that was in the swars there. It was exceptional. But the red clover will fix more nitrogen than white clover. It'll fix between 150 kilos and 200 kilos of nitrogen. It has a huge P and K demand because of the offtakes that's coming up. It's ro- working really well and uh, I know UCD Lions have it incorporated into their silage swars because I was up silage sampling this year and it's working really, really well for them. Yeah, it's, it, it works like, you know, like it is obviously a little bit newer than white clover and we we're talking about white clover being here for an awful long time. Yeah. Red clover works. It's the mindset, I suppose. It's We're not going to get 10 years out of it, like, um, but we will get three if we, um, well, we'll get three if we look after it. Yeah, we could you know, It's a and mindset it's not, thing, it's though. Not, it's not a grass sward, like, it, it's not a silage grass sward. It's completely different. And I know James Humphrey's done a, a very good webinar there a few weeks ago. On red clover, just one of the one of the biggest differences is, is trying to preserve it and just getting that wilt, forty eight hour wilt, very important. And because of the oils in the in the red clover, you can't manage it the same as a grass only silage sward. But one simple thing, for instance, it needs to be cut at a slightly higher cutting height. It can't be cut down to your three and a half or four mm. centimetres. It needs to be about five, six or seven centimetres, and it can't be really cut any lower than thirty days for it to persist in the sward. Yeah, and the f- let it flower in the the first season of establishing is really important. I'm sure sure Pat Corbett will be going in for some of that department money. <laughs> is he Dave? Anything that's uh, and you get a few pound for. Um, so we'll be seeing it in Corfin. Be the first crop, first crop of red clover to be grown in the burn. But um, we barely wheat. <laughs> you name it. Oh, yeah. it's <laughs> maize. Yeah. But um, is, is this slightly on. lower dry matter? It's slightly lower in uh, water soluble carbohydrates, so it is that more difficult to to conserve, preserve. But if we if we get a good wilt on it, it it turns out great quality. Yeah, just getting the trying to get the right conditions. Like there, there's no problem getting the tree cut system off that, and and I suppose later on in the year it's nearly uh, zero grazing. Zero grazing, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, just to clean it off there for the winter period because that clover is going to senesce and you're going to be left with. And that's another challenge. Nothing. Another challenge with the clover though is that you have an, a low enough cover on those paddocks, but you still have enough of an average farm cover. You know, it, there is challenges that that has to come in line for your your autumn rotation planner, but and even your spring rotation planner because there's obviously going to be less and they're going to take longer to get up and running. But I suppose just on the red clover, it's, the wilt is really really important because you can't go around tedding it baiting it around the field like because you'll shatter the stem from the leaf and the leaf is where all the value is but really really I suppose huge potential in it to offset a lot of nitrogen what I see a lot of dairy farmers doing is maybe you know platforms have stocked up and they have maybe dedicated silage ground that they're leaving for that three or four cuts and there's fantastic winter feed there as well like our spring milkers or weanlings or growing cattle it's ideal forage for them to give them the protein and it's not at all advised on 100% of a, of a silage platform but another great one and we won't get into too much detail is just the arable silage for the quality of the silage you're, you're getting out of it barley or wheat or oats or something you're putting in with grass and, and, and red clover super super crop there for milk before first. we finish up lads I think we should talk a little bit about the, the bloat and it, like Fair, yeah. you know just very quickly it's all about management really too and maybe preventing it from happening whether you're putting in sort of some sort of a substance into the the, the water a day or two before they, they start grazing our clover sward give us a couple of tips on, on managing that clover and trying to prevent prevent clover sure tightening up the cows when they go in immediately is the first thing so that they can't gorge themselves then I've talked 
talked to a lot of farmers who are dry stock or contract rearing who have decent clover and it's actually not as much of an issue because you know there isn't as intensive grazing going on so it seems to be fine that side of the side of the house and John, John there after all you're talking about clover and expertise I, I don't think John would be suited for clover at all because I suppose one of the major fights is that you, you wouldn't put a cow into clover sword hungry but, but John poor old John is always famished I, I, I take my time over my dinner though Dave just swallows the whole lot spoon and all yeah but no Listen, I think the, it is a it is a challenge. There is technologies coming there, like we're working on in the background as well, because we know that clover is going to play a bigger role going forward. Uh, to su- surmise, I suppose, white clover two year solution, but we need to be working on it now. We control side fertility, establishing at the right time, right place, not doing too much with it. Red clover, huge opportunity there now. But forget about it, trying to put it into ground with really low pH and poor P's and K's unless you're going to make the investment. Yeah, I think and if farmers are thinking about putting in white clover, uh, ground conditions are very good at the moment. Swords have been grazed off exceptionally and, and there is moisture Joe, going into the late April there. So um, there is major opportunity there and I think conditions have, have really allowed for that. That's great, lads. Fair play. Some of the takeaways I've took there. Clover has the capacity to take in from the atmosphere and turn it into plant available. Clover is highly palatable and digestible for the animal. It can be incorporated into a reseed or oversown. Clover isn't ideal in the heavier soils. It needs that higher pH up around 6.3, 6.5. And uh, red clover can displace the need for chemical N completely. Mind yourself out there. Farm smart, farm safe. Hey, thanks for listening to the Sod Pod. We hope you enjoyed it. To find out more, head over to www.grasslandagro.ie or check out our social channels Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. That's all for this episode. See you next time.